Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to, to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. That's right. We're here to talk about closure and talk about how to use closure, what we think of closure, what we've done with closure. We want to, we want to explore all the different avenues that uh, closure can make a big difference in your day. And it certainly has made a big difference in our day. And so we've been focusing on the essentials of closure, closure core. <laughs> the core of core. Uh, or at least the, the, you know, that big old long cheat sheet when you look Google for closure cheat sheet. Uh, we just basically print it out, put it on the wall, and throw a dart at it. And that's what we talk about. <laughs> yep. Now and now you know what behind the scenes look like of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dart holes in the wall. Um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, def multi and def method. Yes. Yeah, multi methods. Multi methods. We're talking about multi methods this week in the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because every time, I don't know, it's a total off the, off the wall, but every time I think of the word deaf method, like the function name, I always think of Def Leopard, the, 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 the metal band. And that's so why I'm always thinking this <laughs> yeah. is like polymorphic metal, you know, it's like, it's like you're, you're... <laughs> polymorphic metal. Yes. Yes. Poly, polyrhythms. <laughs> oh yeah. Polyphonic. Oh, polyphonic. Lots of poly going on. <laughs> yes. Yes. And and then I'm just imagining like, you know, deaf multi opening for deaf method at the big stadium near you on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> we need that heavy metal font. <laughs> Could I change? That would be fun, you know, to set up like an editor rule so that uh, anytime I type deaf multi or deaf method in my editor, like reformats it in that one font. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, or or out of your speakers comes, you know, like uh, just the you know deaf deaf multi. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so all all of these being maybe not so practical applications of closure into your life, but yeah, deaf deaf method and deaf multi. I have to say that it took me a while to start to use them, especially because closure is is dynamically typed and closure is great with generics. So, so you don't, you don't end up having to reach for polymorphism as a thing as quickly in closure because, because you, you, you have these generally useful abstractions like maps and lists and the things in them do have types and they themselves have types, but, but you just don't have to reach for type parameters and things like this super quickly in closure. So I, I did not end up using them for a while, but, but they are very useful. Oh yeah, totally. I think that you know, just because we don't have hierarchies, you know, an inheritance in our in our code and our data types, doesn't mean that we don't need to have behavior that's dynamic based on on data that we encounter. And and I like to think of def multi and def method as like polymorphic polymorphism as at its simplest. It's basically like give me a function to categorize your data, and I will basically do a switch statement for you or a case statement. And, and, and call different methods. It's like it's like very easy to understand like the concept of it if it's if a little bit fiddly when you're actually making one. Um, but you know you can always reach for protocols, which is like the you know the 
big boy pants kind of of polymorphism in Java, you know, or right. in enclosure. But 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 I've often found that def multi is all I really need for uh, for polymorphism. Right. I would say like def def multi def method. So from henceforth, we'll just call them multi methods. <laughs> Good. Because def multi is how you declare that I want a multi-method and here is how to construct it. And def method is how you make all the specific instances. So multi-methods are really useful when you have, I would say like situational variation in in the data. So based, based on characteristics of the data itself, you want to write fairly different code. If the code was mostly the same, except for a couple of little tiny differences, you just sort of end up using closures, good old fashioned generic programming, right? You can, you can pass whatever you want into a function. It doesn't have to conform to a specific type. And then you can do things with that. So you can do the specialization, you know, with careful if statements or whatnot in just a normal closure function. So, so you want to use def, you want to use multi-methods when based on the data, you you want a really different result uh, based on something specified in the data itself. And so so one like simple example I can think of is in our code, we we have um, some code that chooses a encoding format for putting something on the wire. And sometimes we want to encode as JSON or sometimes we want to encode as good old fashioned Eden. You know, EDN, sometimes you want to encode as transit. So I'm going to have a blob of data and I'm going to have a key in there that's going to say the encoding type. And and now I can have, I can have a bunch of, I can have a multi-method that pulls out that encoding type. And then based on the encoding type that was in the map of data itself, it will then decide to encode it as JSON and produce JSON or encode as Eden, produce Eden or encode it as transit, right? So it's, it's wildly different code paths based on something specified in the data itself right where you could just write one function that had a case statement and did but then basically you'd have three different method bodies or function bodies embedded in your function and so separating them out into separate def def methods makes it so that you can just look at you can basically be focusing on just one of those implementations at a time and um and i think that that really is is to me it's it's the it's the use case that I that I often lean lean to is basically when you when you want to have a lot of variation and implementation of a single function, multi methods are a good approach for it. If you want to have variation in a family of functions, like there's three or four functions you want to vary in lockstep with each other, that would be where you reach for protocols. Um, so like you're talking about right. a single function, which is how to encode the data, and so I want that single function to have three wildly different, you know, or moderately different <laughs> uh, implementations, right. def, uh, multi-methods are the, are the right way to go. Yeah. And so they are just a natural fit for when you are processing a list of um, heterogeneous things, right? A list of, of very different things. So you have to inspect each thing and decide like what you want to do about it. So for example, if you have a list that contains events, right? And then you have some kind of state that you're updating based on those events. So for example, we work a lot with sports data. So uh, we we have uh, the state of the game that's currently being played. And and then these events come in and then we want to we're, we're tracking some information about the current state of the game and so we're 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 going to want to update that state based on the event 
and and the logic that is performed is going to be wildly different per event, <laughs> right? And so so we want to use multi method so that we can we can write our very wildly different logic in nice self-contained things rather than having one massive case statement that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Yeah, totally. Like, like for instance, when you get a, like, for, you know, when you, we're, we're dealing with esports, we get an event that's about a death. You know, a player has died in the game. Well, that, that event has, you know, usually it has, like, we have, like, an event type field we can, we can dispatch on. But then that death event has, like, you know, who died, you know, did somebody kill them? It's who killed them, you know, what team both, both players are on. And we can take that data and, and use it to update our, our game state. But the way we handle a death event is completely different than we would handle like a, a score event or, you know, a, a game started event. Like there's just, there's almost, there's almost no overlap between those functions. And so multi-methods are a really good fit. Yeah, every, every, it's based on the characteristics of the data and then the logic that you want to do is, is wild, is very divergent based on those characteristics. And it, it gets rid of, it gets rid of having to specify the situational variation in the calling code. Like the, like there's a job that needs to get done. Like I need to update the game state. So I, I could do, I can write a multi-method called like apply event and it takes a game state and an event and then it returns a new game state, right? So, so whatever it is, it's tracking this live game. It, it can just call apply event and know it did the right thing. It got the job done, right? Same thing with encode. I, I have a I have a blob of data that needs to be encoded a certain way that is specified in the data itself. So I just call it encode and I hand it and I get it back. I know it's an encoded thing, like the job got done. So there's some job you want to get done in 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 the from the caller's point of view, it's generic. It doesn't want to have to worry about the situational variation. It just wants to get the job done. And then on the callee's point of view, it gets rid of all the boilerplate that you would need otherwise, like a function with a bunch of a case statement and a bunch of options. It then calls other functions for each of the situations and so on and so forth. Right. It, it definitely, it, you're basically handing off that, that boilerplate to, to the language. And, and it's something that is well understood. And so it allows you to stop thinking about that, both from the calling side and from the implementation side. You only have to worry about the parts of the code that are different, that are that are part of your business domain, and that's important because you want to be able to just focus. Like the more of your code that focuses on your problem, it in the code, the less sort of boilerplate there is, the easier it will be to understand. And so, what's really neat about Closure's approach to multi methods is it takes a function. You you actually Hey, it's functional programming, right? So what's what's our natural <laughs> tool of computation wait, wait, wait. and reasoning? <laughs> our only tool. We only we only have one tool because we only need one tool. That's right. Pure functional programming. Our our only tool are functions. I guess you know macros, <laughs> but in the end macros still need functions to get the ultimate job done. <laughs> I guess uh, a different podcast, we can talk about metaprogramming. <laughs> but right, um, right. anyway, so yeah, it takes a function. And so what's neat is that gives you a ton of flexibility. There's other programming languages that have multi-methods. And then, and then maybe you have to conform to a certain pattern of dispatch or so on and so forth. 
Or, or if you're thinking, if you're coming from a background in OO or a language that uses type-oriented dispatch, well, then anytime you want variation of situation, you have to make a new type. Right. And what's cool about multi-methods is you, you write the function that spits out the value that you then code a method for. So you, you, you write a def method and you say, okay, if, if my dispatch function produces this value and you put the literal of it there, then hop in here and do your work here. And, and so it gives you a lot of flexibility because anything that a function can do, which is any computation, is now fair game for selecting which method to run. Yeah, and and the, the thing that tri- tripped me up early on when I was writing, and it kind of trips me up a little, little less each time I make a new multi-method <laughs> uh, family, but it's the, the fact that that dispatch function has the same arity as the as the methods that you're making as the as the def methods so if you like we talked earlier about you know event tracking well we have state and event so now my dispatch function has to take two fun- two arguments um i think early on i would i thought oh well it just takes like all the arguments as a list and so i can just like say my dispatch function is first because i want the first argument right well you can't do that because you need to make a function that takes two arguments and so a lot of times we have basically done a function not a function literal but like an actual like fn you know with i you know say 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 it takes three and i want to use the third argument well then i do like underscore underscore a and then a is my return value so that's a way of, my way of selecting the third argument and and there's something that so you have to be a little more involved when you when you want to do more than just pick out a single value of a map and and one one trick that i came across uh, relatively recently is that in function literals, you can actually, you, if you do percent, that's like if you if you have one arg, a percent one, but then you can do percent ampersand, which is like take all the argument, all the remaining arguments and use that and have that be a list. And Reminds so you me want, of bash, the ampersand in bash, you know, when, when you want to take uh, all the arguments on the command line. <laughs> right. Yeah, just, and all the rest. And so like if you want to do yeah. I want the last argument. You can just do, you know, hash, you know, or octothorpe or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Open parenthesis, last uh, percent ampersand, close parenthesis. And that's a very succinct way of saying, I want the last argument because ampersand or uh, percent ampersand is going to be all the arguments if you don't have any other percent uh, numbers. And, and so you can concisely be able to state what, which argument you want out of, um, out of the list. Yeah, that's that's a great point. That that function this tripped me up too. This is definitely the gotcha I first ran into when trying to make my first multi-method was the dispatch function will be handed the exact same arguments that you call the 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 method with in the same right. order. It's the same thing. So so whatever signature you're wanting for each of your methods is the same signature that that dispatch function needs. And and you can because of like you're saying enclosure, we have some neat options for making like ver- variable arity functions. You can make a dispatch function that is a variable arity because it's it's a function at the end of the day. It doesn't need to conform to some kind of like protocol or <laughs> or type type based thing or some like construct like an interface you know we're not implementing it 
the dispatch interface, um, it's a function. And so a variable arity function is fair game too. Yeah, that's really a, a good point. And when you when to just echo what you said earlier, it's just a function. Like there's only one filter function in Clojure because you pass it all the information it needs in a function until to let it know how to filter. And so there's only one def def multi because you only need one in the language. You don't need one for, you know, class hierarchies. Like if I want to dispatch based on, is it a string or an int or that kind of stuff? Or I don't want one based on, you know, type in a, in a map. Like you just, there's only one because you have, you have all the power you need in that function. Yeah. And so, so definitely that, that dispatch function, you can, you can be clever or you can be more plain. And, and sometimes for, for these um, situations for us, like you said, doing a function literal where you do fn and then underscore out the options you don't care about and then just binding the options you do. Uh, did I say options? I mean like parameters, just to be super clear. Parameters you don't care about. And, and so then like, for example, in this, in this event case where we have a game state as the first argument and, the, and a game event as the second argument, then we might, in our dispatch function, then underscore out the first argument as a don't care and then bind the second one to event. And then what we would do is we would look for the type keyword you know, out of the map because we represent events as maps. So we would, we would pull out the field type in that event in order to know how we want to dispatch and we would dispatch on event type that that would be an option that's something we've done before in our code yeah it and, and, and that's probably yes by, by far the simplest dispatch function is just a single keyword um, but you can do basically anything that returns like any returned value so it can't it doesn't have to be just like a, a number or a keyword that comes out of it um, there's been times in the past where you could run like uh, keys like if you're if you want to basically do dispatch based on all of the, the the set of keys that are in a map, you can do that just by doing you know uh, you know uh, just run keys on it and then run, pass it through uh, set and then 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 you'll get a set of all those keys and and you can dispatch based on that because sets compare you know yeah uh, we order. we were working we've done some work with a game where we get events in in like groups. And so there, there will be an event that gives us um, some statistics for a player, like all the players in the game right now. And then there's another situation where the round ends, and then we get statistics for all the players in the game right now. And so there's a couple of nuances when we're dealing with a, a snapshot of statistics on a round boundary, and we don't have those nuances in just kind of the when they just show up by themselves. And so we ended up writing code that the dispatch function actually produces a set of types. So all of these types are represented in in this grouping of events. And then then that allowed us to handle okay, here's the di here's the method that happens just when we have the player statistics type all alone. And then here's a different def method for when we have the player statistics type and the round end type together in a grouping. And and it can actually call the other method to get a lot of work done, but then it has to do all the extra nuances for the round end boundary there. Yeah, yeah, don't don't ever discount the ability for a multi-method to call other multi-methods, like to redispatch 
to the <laughs> to another multi method, you know, and and we we've right. we have actually had had a, a decent amount of of fun and usefulness around doing that. Um, one that comes to mind is we have a kind of a hierarchy system for um, options in one of our main applications, and we want to say we want to you know enable and disable you know whole sets of features at once. But then if that set of features is enabled, we want to be able to disable and enable one of those features by itself. And so we have a multi-method that's, you know, feature with a question mark at the end. You know, it's like, basically, is this feature enabled? And so we can call feature on the whole, you know, the the, 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 the coarse-grained section. Like, for instance, if we want to say, like, I want to disable all the AWS operations in my application. But then there's also, like, I want to be able to upload files. I want to be able to, you know, make Dynamo tables. I want to be able to make EC2 instances. Like those are the those are the different operations, you know. But I want to disable all of them at once. Well, then you can disable just the AWS, you know, altogether. And so um, that that multi method takes two arguments. It takes basically a config map, which is the config we've gotten from the environment, you know, two twelve factor app and all. And then the other, the second argument is the key that we're interested in. You know, is is AWS enabled or not? And so that that dispatch on AWS is, you know, is the AWS key set to whatever we want it in the config map? But then it's like, now I want to just check one of the one of the the sub options or the sub areas. Like, can I upload to S3? And so in that case, that multi that def method has is AWS enabled? You know, and then is S3 enabled? You know, it, it, it basically calls it, it calls the the higher level dispatch and then makes a, 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 an additional uh, logic based on 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 the subkey. Yeah, and so you can find your def method, like your multi method, calling itself recursively in cases where you have like trees of mixed information. So so at some node you're going to descend down and you're going to have a different type below you or in this case like Nate like what you're mentioning we're doing that where where we we actually have um, a number of keys in a map and we're doing we're doing like expansion so so like we'll have a high level option key that almost nothing in the code uses all the code is using these lower like more granular option keys and so so we're passing in an options map and we're getting and and we're getting out an options map uh, and then we're looking for presence, if you will, in, in for a key in there. And so, like, that options map is going to have get doctored up a little and then pass back into itself, and it's going to match a different way. So it, it's all kind of due to the flexibility of multi-methods. If you can think of a function as being a way of describing a choice, right? Like, like I like how you put it before, the categories. A function takes the data and emits a category. And then now you can do logic on that category. And and it gets you out of a lot of boilerplate that you get with case statements. And it also allows you, it's a little bit more of an open system than case statements where you have to be able to go modify that one function right there and have all the scenarios in it. Uh, so it gives you that flexibility. Yeah, it's one of the things that it's funny because I, in looking at all the different ways you can use multi-methods, uh, like if you go look at the documentation and then there's a page on the closure.org site, which has a lot more detail, uh, we'll link to it in our show notes. Um, 
we don't actually hardly use any of the features. We basically just use simple dispatch, basically like, you know, single values, you know, but you can make whole hierarchies. You can add add hierarchies even with Java classes. And um, so there's a lot more flexibility that you can do. And because it's an, it's like, like you said, it's an open system. You can actually add def methods on a def multi that was set, that was created in another namespace. So like, a, a library could have a def multi and you can modify that behavior from your application code. Um, I, I can't remember the, the library. I, I've done it. I've only done it a couple times, but I remember thinking like, wait, where, where's the def multi? Like all, all of my def multis have def methods. It's all in the same file. Like I don't have, <laughs> have, cause there's a, there's a certain amount of confusion with doing that. Like if you, then you don't know what, what possible cases are I like having them together. But the whole library and application level, I think that's a good use of being able to override uh, a dispatch from another another namespace. Right. There's there's if you will this global registry that multi methods hook into, and so we haven't done it a bunch. But closure gives you the ability to do introspection and 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 discover these things. And so part of the openness is you can define a method like you're saying. In a, in a separate namespace for a def multi that exists already. Obviously, just like with object-oriented programming and inheritance, you run into issues where you have no idea where the code is that's being executed. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, yeah. okay, I threw it in and something happened. Until, of course, until you get the exception and then it tells you exactly what line number the code is. <laughs> in, in painful detail on a huge ledger. Yeah, uh, should I admit this to uh, you know the entire listener base that I have tried to force out an exception before to try to figure out where that OO imperative code was? <laughs> oh, I, where is it dispatching it to? But anyway, um, so so definitely that can happen. And there's this whole there there are functions around creating hierarchies of information. They they end up in these things that we don't. We don't really use those. It just bears mentioning without really getting into all the particulars that you can you can make information hierarchies and and ask questions about them. Like, is this is a instance of that? What are the parents of this thing? What are the ancestors of this things? What are the descendants of this 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 type, for lack of a better word? Um, so those those can also be utilized if you really want. Um, a hierarchical sense of dispatch in your in your multi methods, right? And and yeah, and I I actually be interested if anyone has a, a a good useful use case, please hop into our closure design uh, our closure dash sorry our closure uh, Slack channel <laughs> and uh, and yes. let us know. I I'd, I'd be curious to ha- to know if someone has actually used it. Uh, I've only ever read the example page. Um, Yes, I believe the name you're looking for is Closure Design Dash Podcasts, which yes. is the name of our Slack channel on the Closurian Slack. And we would love to see you there. Just hop on over, join up with the Closurian Slack if you haven't already. Uh, get get the Closurian Slack tattoo. <laughs> Come on in, the water is fine. It's uh if you if you haven't been there yet, it's a great place to get help and ask questions too. It's just very friendly community. And of course, you can always tweet at us at Closure Design, or you can email us at feedback at closuredesign.club. Yep. And oh, oh, one more thing I wanted to mention before we go about 
uh, multi-methods is in the REPL flow as you're re- redefining. Sometimes you get to the point, the case where or the point where you cannot redefine your function anymore, and it's really frustrating. And I used to have to quit my REPL and come back. But the trick is, say you have a multi-method called like foobar. If you just do def foobar nil, it clears that out, and then you can evaluate your file, and the new definitions will take effect. Oh no way! Well, there you go. I I've never I've never done that before. That's awesome. It's a lifesaver. Yeah. So you don't have to restart your REPL because REPL sessions are precious. Per <laughs> usual, the one more thing ends up being pretty cool. <laughs> well, then I think the last bit of information we need to share is that please you can go to our website closure design dot club. I'm gonna get it right one of these days. And, uh, and find all of our show notes and past episodes. And this the notes for this episode will be there uh, when you are listening to this file. And have you visited our website? If you have and you have opinions on how we can make our website more helpful for you, for you, the listener, we would love to hear those opinions. Send us an email about that to feedback at closuredesign.club. We realize uh, our website presently is kind of a big, long list of episodes and and we'd love to hear from you how it would be helpful if we were to make some changes. And I think uh, that will just have to do it for now. We're going to be back uh, next week, week in the virtual sense, to uh, <laughs> talk about some more closure, some more closure core, some more closure things. But until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>